today on City Cash Chicago. I peeped this. What if a giant sinkhole swallowed up Millennium Park? Yeah. How would the mayor respond? And better yet, what would happen to all the survivors? Well, these are the questions explored in a new novel, Mount Chicago. Producer Samal Alisea spoke with the author, Adam Levin. It's Tuesday, September 13th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is City Cash Chicago. I wouldn't call the the novel like a disaster story, obviously, but the main plot of Mount Chicago sort of follows um, characters' response to a major disaster. That is a, a sinkhole that swallows up Millennium Park, several other buildings and people in downtown Chicago. I think off the bat, and I know I kind of felt like this when I saw the the summary. Some readers might see this as kind of a, a pandemic allegory. It's hard not to think that in 2022. But you started writing this before the pandemic, before COVID-19. Why write about a sinkhole in Chicago or any disaster here for that matter? Well, I think the disaster was was kind of a mechanism because like you said, it's not it's not really it's not a disaster novel. It's it's more about um, people uh, contending with the aftermath of something really horrible. And I think I was just uh, I wanted to get rid of the <laughs> it sounds cruel, but but I wanted to get rid of the protagonist's family um, in one moment. Like I wanted it, I wanted it to be the worst possible loss that one can imagine, I guess. Or it's at least it's up there. I don't know if it's the worst possible, but it's pretty bad. When the pandemic does hit, we do have a, a different version of a major disaster. Uh, oh, certainly, yeah. You know, did that change the story you wanted to tell at all, or did it change the process of writing that story? I mean, how did that kind of impact your the book at all? I think there was a there was a touch of panic. Where it was one of these things where, you know, I started it in uh, 2018 and it begins really in 2021 and what 2021 would look like suddenly changed radically because no one in 2018 is imagining a worldwide pandemic. And so I thought, is this a thing I should worry about? You know, I think other writers were thinking this about their work. And then I decided, no, it's not. <laughs> it's a fictional book. It's it's a novel. So that it in, it impacted my nerves a little bit for a moment. But but I don't think that it really. Um, I don't I don't know how much it, it affected the book. Going back to the plot of the book, you talked in the beginning about the protagonist, whose name is is Gladman Solomon Gladman, and how the sinkhole is sort of he loses his entire family, uh, mm-hmm. and we're talking wife, his sister his nieces and nephews, uh, really his his whole family. Before we even get to that, you as a character in the book, the character of the author, you open the book talking about sort of being um, being unscathed, like not having had much happen to you. Yes. I am curious the degree to which that's true, if that's still true, and why that matters either for you, Adam Levin, or for Gladman. I would like to you know, preface all of it with saying that the Adam Levin in the book is a character. Uh, so that's, that's first of all, but I, but I will say that like, you know, one of the things that got me started um, thinking about the book was really this kind of realization that, you know, I was, I think I was 42, maybe I was 43 when I started. I have a lot of friends that have lost people 
and that have suffered a lot. Um, and it occurred to me, I was like, I really have not suffered a lot, let alone like the loss of anyone that I was really close with, which to me seems like the worst thing. And at the time I was like, this is totally unimaginable to me. Like, I can't, I can't believe it. Like I never thought about even my own mom, like she lost her father when she was in her twenties. You're like, well, the tw your twenties, that's old. And I was like, Jesus, that's not old. I'm 42. I don't feel old. And, um, it's just, there's, there's a, I was sort of, I was just terrified. And I was like, I'm going to fall apart when something happens to me. There's almost, it's guaranteed. Um, I don't know. I think I just wanted to sort of push myself to think about maybe what that would look like for someone. But I did the worst thing. <laughs> I mean, the worst thing happened to him. Yeah. It, there's another line elsewhere in the book, but something to the effect of like, you know, when it's been this long and nothing bad has happened to you yet, you're just constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm. It's this moment that I think is is really relatable for for a lot of people of this like, you know, things are okay. Things are okay now. Things have been okay for a minute, but Ooh. but something and like that bad thing, the big bad thing that everyone is afraid of, it's going to happen to me. And, you know, I think a lot of this stuff, it probably comes from uh, from that, that fear of death thing, that old fear of death that all the writers are always writing about. there's a pretty substantial portion of the book that focuses on sort of the city's response to the yes. sinkhole, specifically a fictional mayor who, yeah. who I believe isn't even actually named. He sort of constantly invokes the legacy of the Daly dynasty of yes. Richard J. Daly, Richard M. Daly. I'm really, you know, you grew up in the, the suburbs of Chicago, right? In, in yes. Highland Park, is that right? Uh, Buffalo Grove and Highland Park, yeah. How much did you know about or absorb about the daily dynasty, like how much was, was that kind of in your, um, existence growing up in the Chicagoland area? Well, I mean, on the day to day, probably not a full ton. Like I wasn't really, uh, you know, and I was also a kid, you know, I moved to the city when I was like 17. So it was like mm -hmm. daily was still more. I knew about the dailies as these, you know, especially the father as these kind of legendary controversial figures. Cause you know, we learned about them in school and my father's from Chicago. He grew up in, um, Albany park and Rogers park. So it's like this idea of these power politicians who have the city basically locked down sort of famous images of him shouting, uh, at the DNC. The story I was told was the, um, Richard Joe Daly, before he was mayor, used to like stand with like a sort of street gang um, in Bridgeport, like, and guard it from any people of color coming in, like with bats. Mm, like mm -hmm. that, that, that was the image mm -hmm. that was, that was put in my head was it was like street thugs with bats that were like, we're going to keep Bridgeport Irish for so long. Have him, he was like the king of the city. And then on top of it, Listening to that guy talk is a, is an amazing treat. <laughs> it's not beautiful. It's kind of the opposite, right? And then I get like, like it's, it's really this, this guy who is dropping malapropisms left and right, who's selling things in this, you know, this, this very tough guy. Chicago politically is just such a wild place. I mean, there's lots of stuff like that about 
Chicago. There's also references to Rahm Emanuel. There's references to Perry Farrell of of Lollapalooza and Jane's Addiction fame. How do you see the role of Chicago in the story? And do you think that people who don't live here, who aren't from here, lose out on any of it? I always loved Chicago. And um, like really just like from when I was a young kid, like I just wanted to live there from the time I was like five. You know, like I went, my dad worked downtown and like I'd go visit my dad and I was like, this place, it's just huge. The buildings are huge. And like we'd go on Lower Wacker and it was like, what is this? This is a crazy, crazy thing. And it was just so alive. And then so I moved there after high school, you know, and I was there for like 25 years. I loved it. We moved to Florida for my wife's job. And then I was just really, I was missing it. So anytime I would write about Chicago, any place in Chicago, like Rainbow or um, Gold Star or anything, uh, like any of the bars, like Millennium Park even, like it's it's like there would be a sort of, you know, little twinge in my heart and I'd, I'd miss the place. So so I don't know how other people read it. I don't know if, like, I don't know if Chicagoans, when they look at it, are going to that they're going to read the book and think to themselves, wow, he really nailed Chicago or these locales in Chicago. Um, and I, I don't think that was really my intention anyway, but that's the whole thing is like someone from who's living in Rogers park and who's never lived in Wicker park. Right. They might never, never been a rainbow. They don't even know what that is. You know, I, I think it's tough in Chicago. We tend to take a lot of ownership over media that includes Chicago at all. Um, I don't know if you were privy to the, all of the online conversation about the bear when that show came out, but I just, I feel like there's a lot of like, you know, we, we take depictions of the city very seriously. One kind of great thing about Chicago in, as it, as it's represented in art and other media is like, it's big enough a city. It's known enough a city. It's image, like it's skyline and the river. Look, there are these images of the city that I think are identifiable to people who pay attention to media, like in a, in a second, they're, they're synecdoches for the city. My wife who, who grew up in France, she watched ER, you know, and like, so she had this feeling for like the sound of the L because I'll go, I never watched ER, but I guess they would go out to smoke sometimes and the L would pass by and it's the hmm. specific sound. And it's like, there are all these, um, there are all these things that, that I, I guess what I'm saying is representing the whole of Chicago seems completely impossible because um, it's such a varied city and it's huge. It's not like representing Manhattan, um, which no one is even concerned with, I don't think. Well, Adam, thank you so much for taking the time and talking Mount Chicago with me. Thanks. Thanks for uh, having me. It was a good conversation. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. To learn more about the latest COVID-19 booster shot, including what exactly makes it new, are you eligible, and if you should get it, check out today's newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. Are you or someone you know interested in being on the new police district council in your area? If so, check out the tribe's breakdown of exactly what you need to get on the February ballot. Link in our show notes. And some good news to get you through. This Friday, Good Evening with Pat Whalen is at the Promontory in High Park. And they got one hell of a lineup for you. 
Brittany Carter doing music, Felonious Monk doing comedy, and Governor J.B. Pritzker. As always, I appreciate you for listening. I'm going to talk to you tomorrow. Peace. I am CityCast. CityCast is me. Well, you know, not like a uh, an exact replica or like copy. We not like clones or nothing. Because, you know, if I leave, CityCast still be here. If CityCast go down, I'm going to still be here. You know, you know.